Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am not your host, but I am Dean, your co-host for tonight's episode. Joining me is the star of the show, Scott. Scott, how you doing? Happy New Year. Dean, you are the star of the show. You're the star of every show. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you for that great introduction, and hello to all our listeners. Happy New Year, everyone. How are you? I'm doing great. You are the reigning MVP, the the returning champion, and all things that are stuff we love. So I am just honored to be here with you tonight to kick off 2024, talk about a couple topics of things that we love and hopefully your listeners love too. Absolutely. This is the first episode of the new year. It's been a very busy holiday season. I intended to record more than I did and just didn't get around to it. How about you? Was your holiday season good? Uh, I was marred by a couple of illnesses in the house, but, uh, you know, got to see friends, got to see family, uh, definitely took a few days off from work, which was nice. Uh, it was a yep. very busy work year, 2023. So 2024 is already shaping up, uh, interesting, got some, some fun developments going on, a few vacations planned, already looking at travel baseball, which will dominate our lives from probably March until November, much like it did last year. True. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always exciting to kind of take a moment to look back on what was a pretty successful, exciting, uh, action-packed, thrilling year of 2023. And then more importantly, maybe to look forward to the prospects of 2024. It is exciting when the end of the year comes. It's kind of like a very fresh beginning. It, of course, is, you know, January 1st is not much different than December 31st, except for the new year. But mentally, it feels like a great time to kickstart something you've been kind of slacking on, such as working out, getting back in shape for a lot of people is a big deal certainly is for me. I'm ready to uh, get going this year with the weight loss and all that stuff. And of course, like you, Dean, I'm a big sports fan. So I always look at different times of the year in the lens through the lenses of sports. And so when January arrives, I think about the end of the NFL regular season, and we got a big slate of games this weekend. Then you get the start of the playoffs, which will be great. Spring training, not too far away. And then of course, the continuation of hockey and basketball leading into the playoffs, not too long from now. So a lot of stuff going on in sports right now. Yeah, and I don't know if you're a college football fan, but getting through bowl season, I think there was 41 polls this year. Yes. That's always exciting. And you know, it's funny because I, I think back to when I was a kid, and I always looked forward to those year-end recap shows, uh, you know, whether it was MTV counting down the top 20 videos of the given year, right. or Barbara Walters' countdown of people of the year, or you know, any of those recap shows. I, I don't know that they do them as frequently as they used to. Not uh, certainly, you know, ESPN used to do their own with sports moments of the year, and, and I didn't really see that this year. But then I just wonder if I'm just not aware of them anymore. Maybe they they get delivered in different formats. But it's interesting to think about, although I did hear one uh, one local radio channel, they were talking about musician of the year, and, and they were you know pretending they were going to actually have a dialogue. And they said, nah, come on, let's be honest. It's just Taylor Swift. Taylor and they Swift, moved along. musician of the year. That's <laughs> not much competition for that. It's no, pretty- definitely not. Pretty amazing. I watched the Eris Tour film at home. It was the second time that I saw the movie. I saw it once in theaters and once at home. And uh, I paid $20 to have access to it for 48 hours. And then I'm sure wow. it will be released again where you could own it. Be another $20. <laughs> That's how you make a lot of money right there. Did you uh, did you set up your camcorder and record it off the screen like you would have in 1991? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, are you suggesting that I am, uh, you know, uh, that the FBI warnings at the start of those video cassettes applied to me? You know, it, it, it only applied if you turned around and tried to rent out your basement as a theater and charge to true. review it. That is true. You, um, you had ownership rights for your own viewing. Look, I've certainly spent enough 
when it comes to Taylor Swift on albums and concert tickets that I should be entitled to a free copy of that movie. Uh, yeah, you're 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 like the the folks who say I spend so much money at Disney World on New Year's Eve, I'm allowed to go to the Fixins Bar at Pecos Bill and make myself <laughs> right. a free salad. That's true. That's all I want at Disney. It's a free freaking <laughs> salad. That's all I want. <laughs> Why do you, you just have to think so of, much for the salads? You you have to think about when you go to like uh, I don't know Steakhouse seventy one and you spend sixty seven dollars on the steak and it comes with a salad. Think of that as salad as being free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll feel better about uh, it. By the way, Steakhouse 71 Breakfast, the hidden gem of 2023, a great realization I think we both had. That was a a fantastic recommendation by you. I they, they have me hooked now. So I'm one of these people that loves the special on the menu. Right. And, you know, I try to tune out of my brain that the special means they're probably just using up old ingredients and getting rid of them before they spoil. I like to think of it as actually being special to the menu. Yeah. And so um, knowing that they have the sort of pancake of the month type thing going on there, it makes me want to go back to Steakhouse 71 every trip just to yes. see what those pancakes just are. Just to see what that, it is. Those cinnamon roll pancakes that we had over the summer were phenomenal. Game changer. You know what's funny? We went there in November and I can't remember what the flavor of pancake was. Oh. It wasn't the pumpkin spice. Didn't you tell me it was think, pumpkin spice? I think it was pumpkin spice. Yeah, it wasn't as good. Right. Uh, still good. I mean, those pancakes themselves are good. So it's still good. Yeah, I think you're right. It was pumpkin. Got to go back there. Great, great fun place. Hey, uh, did you get your recap from your Starbucks app? I did. Uh, so what, what was your drink of the year? Strawberry acai refresher. Wow. What was yours? So mine was the brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso, which was my drink. jam over the it was my jam over the summer. Uh, I always get much like the specials on the menu. I always get sucked into the holiday drinks. Yes, so I've been I've been getting the sugar cookie latte because that one's an almond milk drink. Right. Um. But yeah, I, I like that brown sugar one. That's good. It's great, and they have it year round. Yeah, yeah. I will definitely be going back to that very soon. And you know what's interesting about that particular drink? Sometimes when you get it, it's especially good if they put more of the syrup in. Oh yeah, yeah. It's you know when like, it's well made and when it's not well made. Yeah, you, you could go to the customization and add it if you want, but then you're in danger of them like overdoing it. So you got to be careful there. There's a barista uh, yeah. at one of my local Starbucks, and every time you gave him an order, I haven't seen him in a while. He would pause and would say, "Good, good," as if he was <laughs> analyzing your choice. And it was so satisfying to hear him say, "Good, good," you know, and shake and nod his head in approval. He was he was calibrating you to the drink you ordered. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, if you ordered like a, a green tea matcha, he's like, no, no, that that's not your drink. Right. You, you can't have that one. <laughs> you ever try matcha? Do you like it? Uh, not not a huge fan. It's one of those yeah. things, I think, because people tell you it's healthy. I, I would drink it if it was right. there, but I'm not. It's nothing I really order too often. I don't like it. I tried it once. I, I My wife got it. I couldn't do it. It's like the blue milk or whatever it is at the Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> yeah, th- those were not... Uh, those were not among my favorite beverages. I know some people, I don't know if they really like the blue milk, but they say they do. <laughs> right. Not, not my thing. It's trendy. It is trendy. So uh, I was in tw- apparently 12 different Starbucks across 11 different cities last year. Really? Good for you. I was 13, I think. Wow. Look, okay, you had yeah. me beat. Not, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool how they do that, by the way. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you what those 11 cities were. I mean, obviously, I know two local ones for me, and uh, Orlando must register, and I was in Lake George. But other than those ones, maybe right. Philly and, and D.C., sure. I, uh, I really can't name 11 different cities I went to. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing to think that you were in 
11 different, you said 11 different, no, 12 different Starbucks. Well, in 11 12 Starbucks cities. across 11 cities. So yeah. It's astounding, really. It's just, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. 12 different Starbucks. Yeah. I ha- I can't remember what the number was. I, I, it was in the thousands, the number of stars I earned last year. Yeah. I was, I was considered an all time, like a, a leader in the number of stars earned, which was awesome. Yeah. I was actually embarrassed. I, I think it was like top 4% or something like that. That's it, great. it was, yeah, it's, it's way too much money. It's almost, it's like second to Disney when it comes to where I spend my money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your claim to fame? Well, I'm an annual pass holder and I'm a top 4% Starbucks earner. Ooh. So Dean, for the first episode of the new year here, I was thinking we would just cover a couple of recent Walt Disney World news stories, if that's good with you, and uh, just general catch up if if uh, if you're up for that. I think that sounds great. Would you like to talk about the first Disney news story? You want me to make one up because I, <laughs> I had one that that I uh, I just saw a little blurb on that I found interesting. Please go ahead. That's, I don't know that's if this perfect. is on. I'm assuming this is on your list, but maybe not. Uh, given that it is now 2024, the uh, Disney has lost the, I guess not lost the rights, but uh, it's moved into public domain, the original Mickey Mouse. That's right. And so I already saw a clip of, uh, much like they did to poor Winnie the Pooh two years ago, <laughs> there is now a horror movie coming out yes. that will quote unquote star Steamboat Willie in like a slasher flick. Yes, they did that with Winnie the Pooh. The movie got terrible reviews, although it is streaming on Peacock, from what I understand. Oh, really? And the Mickey movie, I saw somebody comment on X or Twitter, whatever, that it was too much of a likeness to the current Mickey Mouse and maybe wouldn't be allowed to hold up in court. But these trademark rules are very confusing. I don't care. I want to see the movie. I mean, definitely. That's hysterical. Yeah, I, I will probably not watch that. I didn't watch the Winnie the Pooh one either. It's interesting because... It's part of why Disney has changed the look of Mickey Mouse over the years. Right. Is to stay ahead of some of these these public domain laws. But also, if you think back to how Walt Disney really got his feet wet and got his company going and some of the biggest hits in Disney history, they're all public domain stories. Yes. Alice in Wonderland. Yep. And Sleeping Beauty. Right. Snow White. And uh, Tarzan, and even Frozen, and, and some of the recent films, Lion King, Little Mermaid, right? They're all based on public domain stories. They, they're the Disney take on those stories. So, of course, you know we're all appalled as Disney fans when you have Steamboat Willie as a slasher, <laughs> but uh, it is literally people doing to the Disney company what Disney did to other public domain. That's true. Stories, you know, sixty years ago. Would you wait for a meet and greet to meet Slasher Mickey? <laughs> there is a uh oh god is it called spooky town there is a um it's up in massachusetts they do it every year at halloween time it's like it's basically like a a, a fall fair if you right. will but it's themed to like spooky stuff so it's supposed to be like slasher horror type film stuff we went one year and the actor who played jason Voorhees was there Oh. taking photos and signing autographs with people. Yes. There's a huge market for that. <laughs> yeah. So if I went to that again and, and Slasher Mickey was there, I'd probably wait for the meet and greet. Who is the man behind or woman behind the mask of Slasher Mickey? <laughs> it's it's going to be a huge story. Let me ask you a question. When you see or presumably will see people's interpretation of Steamboat Willie Mickey, what do you think? What, are you going to be pleased? Are you going to be like, does it, as a fan, does it 
interest you to see what people do with the character or you or do you try it, to ignore that stuff to keep the image pure in your mind so the, the best thing i could say that would appeal to me is when the harford whalers became public domain a lot of the local shops and even like target and stuff like that they started selling whalers merch that used the whalers logo and were whalers branding and like my winter hat that i will wear during snow blowing this weekend when we have a foot of snow if the accurate forecast hold up they're never accurate um is, is a whale hat that got, you know once it hit public domain so if they want to start having target style t-shirts that have steamboat willie on them if they're clever enough i would buy one right um but i'm not into how people mutilate the character like they did poor winnie the pooh yes like I, that just won't appeal to me harford whalers have such a great logo they do they have a great following it's it's oh, funny the yeah. they moved out of Hartford and the average attendance down in Carolina now is lower than it was in Hartford when they moved out. It's interesting, and the um, Carolina as as we're recording this, they're beating the Rangers three to one. Go Rangers! They're having a good season. I mean, the Hurricanes are a really solid team. I I don't think they're beloved in, in like <laughs> beloved in Carolina in in Connecticut. No, I think they're somewhat beloved in Carolina, especially yeah. when they won a title. But uh, right. They, that's not a really a popular team up here. They, no, they took think, away our one pro franchise. Yeah, I think that uh, for me, as a fan of vintage hockey uniforms, not to get off topic, I love the old school Whalers and Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Great, great jersey, great logo. But uh, yeah, that was a big news story, and uh, it's getting a lot of attention nationally in, in mainstream news sources. The yeah, I mean, even like mess. yeah, yeah, the 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 um whatever the CBS equivalent of the today show is even they yes this morning. Yeah. Yeah. They even, they had a little feature on the fact that he was becoming public domain. They love it. Cause it's ABC. That's yeah. struggling with it. <laughs> so what do you think is going to come of that? What, what do you expect to see out of it other than the very bad low budget knockoff slasher film? Honestly, I don't think that much. I, I think we're going to be somewhat surprised at the lack of interpretation. I don't, I just, um, cool t-shirt designs, cool logos, um, I think the slasher film honestly was inevitable. I think there's people out there that have such an interest in horror films. It was bound to happen. I don't think yeah. we'll see much of it in films beyond this, maybe on very independent animation network, I, I, something like that, but nothing major. I don't think it's going to be that big. Now revisit this question a year from now when we're inundated with steamboat, uh, Willie Mickey, and maybe I'll, uh, change my opinion on it, but. So can Universal now open up a Steamboat Willie attraction? I believe I can. That would be so fascinating. Um, would you go? I would. Oh, God, yeah. It'd be there day one, I think. I also wonder if there's now a full, fully equipped team at Disney that is charged with policing this to see who's using the actual open source material and who's infringing on their current rights for the more recent designs of Mickey. I, I would bet yes. I, I would I would, I would absolutely I would think, so, think so. That that's a good job. You could use Steamboat Willie in the logo for this podcast for 2024. You know what? <laughs> I think you could, right? So then what I'll do is I'll make it too close to the non-steamboat Willie. And then when Disney <laughs> tells me to take it down, I'll say, okay, I'll take it down if you give Dean and I a weeknight stay at Grand Floridian. <laughs> That would be interesting. I, I mean, I think that's that's certainly legit that you could do that. 
but Dean, that's a great story to start things off tonight. Um, anything else to add to that? Because I have another story to talk about. No, let's move on to story two. Story two. Uh, I would say stories two and three deal with Disney World room discounts, one of which has officially been announced and the other one has kind of been officially announced. So let's talk about the one that was officially announced, which is that if you are a Disney Plus subscriber and you're willing to pay rack rate for a Disney hotel room and is it Park Hopper tickets? I'm kind of speaking from memory. Minimum four day, yes, Park Hopper tickets, I believe. You will get the Disney, Disney dining plan for free. And I believe that's for dates this summer. Yeah, it's uh, July 1 to September 30. Now, I was never a dining plan person. So for me, these dining plan deals don't resonate, although I appreciate how many people do take advantage of that. In the past, the Disney Plus offer was for a room discount. Right. I don't, you know, I've seen some people online say, well, what does it really work out to if you're paying rack rate with the park hopper tickets? Is it that good a deal? I haven't done the math on it to really know for sure. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is the park hopper is the park hopper, right? So if you're going to get park hopper tickets, that's the same price either way. So that kind of nets out. So what you're asking is, am I better off with a room discount and pay for my own food? Or do I pay the rack rate and then get this dining plan included? And the key to me is that in my history with the dining plan, I never wanted to eat what they offered. Right. So the problem, like, for example, the the snack credits most people didn't use them all up and you'd get you know a lot of mickey mickey like rice crispy bars or something to bring home in your suitcase so were those really worth four or five bucks a pop if you only got them because they were free like you wouldn't have got them otherwise so like that wasn't value to me sure and then all of the quick service meals come with dessert which essentially meant that either dry cookie or flavorless brownie which they assign a value of like three to four dollars on but again if i was just paying for the lunch i wouldn't have bought that on my own so sure my advice to people was always to of course do the math as you said but generally speaking i think people made out better if you just took the value cost of the dining plan put it on a gift card and called that your meal budget right now what people like is the fact that this is a budgeted item so you know that your meal your whole trip is going to cost x as long as you don't eat outside of the parameters of the dining plan and that was very and still is i think very appealing to a lot of people it is do the does the disney dining plan include restaurants at disney springs like homecoming and boathouse or is that separate some of them used to subscribe to it and some of them didn't and it was always an annual renewal so you always have to check the most recent list right uh, to decide whether or not you know the places you want to go are included um, the other thing that happened with the dining plan is they kept changing what was included and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't revisited this newest iteration to see what they have included. But, um, you know, presumably at the end of the, the day, if you are a higher headcount group staying in a moderate resort, there's probably good value for you. Mm-hmm. If you're a couple staying in a deluxe resort, the room discounts probably better value for you. Sure. Yeah. I'm just surprised that this has been offered and announced this early in the year. That's the most fascinating part. We're talking beginning of January and you're getting a dining discount that runs through early fall. And before we talk about that point a little more, we should just, I guess, go to story number three, which is that Disney Parks blog has basically announced without being official, although it seems like it will be official tomorrow, a discount of up to 35% on room only rates. 
through the uh the summer yeah that that one actually i think starts in march as well so it it's uh it's a pretty long discount and that when you start getting into that 35 percent discount that's that's of course going to be on the deluxe and deluxe villas you'll see and again it hasn't come out yet like you said but you'll probably be in the 25 percent range on moderates and probably 15 mm-hmm. percent on values right they have historically either excluded or only gave 10 percent on things like little mermaid rooms at art of animation certain room categories certain resorts at times have been excluded so you got to make sure you look at actually what you want to stay at and then decide if you know if i had my heart set on resort x right um but resort y has a better discount is it worth the swap save a lot of money it really is a tough tough it, it, call yeah it, it can be material i mean we've seen in the past places like polynesian not get the full dis- deluxe discount right so you start getting only 25 percent at the poly but you can get 35 percent at the contemporary is it worth it to you know give up the the volcano pool and in, in the the poly lobby to go and have an extra 10 percent off at a different it is a great lobby poly, poly lobby is great poly lobby is great but it just, it's so early in the year. I have taken advantage of summertime discounts before. And I usually don't take advantage of them until April or maybe even later. That's when they're normally announced. They're announcing it January 2nd and 3rd, which yeah, leads you're me not- to believe that maybe they're shockingly low on bookings this summer. Is that possible? It is. Or, or there's something budgetary that they're just trying to capture early. I think, you know, it used to be for a lot of people, and you and I, I think are included in what I'm going to describe. It used to be, I'm going this summer. Let's book the room now to hold it. And then we'll apply the discount code when it comes out. Right. And I wonder if over the last several years, or even you know, just going into this year now, they're recognizing in order to get those initial bookings, we got to get our discount out now hmm. because people are maybe considering alternative places, either alternative Orlando-based resorts or even Universal versus Disney, yeah. or just not going to a theme park vacation, doing something completely different instead. So if you don't know what your full budget's going to be and your full discount will be available until April, like you said, hard to plan the whole vacation. Yeah, I. it seemed like when the world sort of emerged from the height of the COVID pandemic in 2020, theme parks were a very popular destination. Uh, maybe that's because there were a lot of families taking kids that they would have taken in 2020 and they didn't. But I think people just wanted to go and have a good time and just get back out there. And what represents that more than theme parks? Now some of that well may be starting to dry up a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, and and I wonder if what Disney is is bringing to the table in 2024 isn't enough to draw people. So well, you know, what's going to be new in 2024? You got Tiana's Bio Adventure. Yeah, I mean, just recently the Hatbox Ghost joined. Haunted Mansion, but only people like right. you and me are going to book a vacation over that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Moana attraction did just open at the end of last year, so a lot yeah, of people and, haven't seen that. Yeah, and Walcott is finally coming down, and it's almost completely done with construction. Right, but yeah, the new statue there's no, there. Th- there's nothing there between Moana um, and and the other stuff, <laughs> for lack of a better word, in the front of Epcot, right. that's going to make a commercial. Right? Yes. Yeah. Tiana's will make a commercial when it opens. They'll they'll try to market that as a thing to come see for the summer. Right. But, you know, come look at the walls being removed and the Walt statue in Epcot is not going to be enough to bring people to the parks. No. Uh, isn't it? And there's a new fireworks show, I guess, at Epcot, right? Is that, yes. Yeah. But again, that's not enough, I don't think. You know, if let's say you have someone that 
visited the park last year that isn't a hardcore Disney person. Let's face it, these trips are expensive. They really are expensive between the hotels, no matter where you stay, and the parking and the food and the tickets. They may be looking at, at something else in 2024. Yeah, and if you went in 23 and you're like, hey, I saw Guardians, I saw Tron, those are the two new big rides. Right. You know, it's I've told the story 50 times now. You know, my old coworker went in 95, went again in 05, and he's like, yeah, it was the same. Right. Ignore the fact that Animal Kingdom opened in that window. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but for, for some casual or less than casual fans, there's not anything new there that's going to draw them back if they've gone in the last year or two, you know, post-COVID uh, initial shutdown. I think a lot of people freaked out when the parks literally shut down and they're like, I got to get back there. And, and that bubbles burst. That, right? Right. that That's over. That that curve is all flattened out. So now what's what's drawing you down there? I also I think they're, they're doing yeah. discounts. I'm sorry. I think what they're doing to draw you down there is early discounts. I also have seen in my personal life a lot more people coming to me because they know I'm a theme park guy and asking me about Universal than Disney. Universal has achieved a level that it did not used to have when I was younger, where people would go to Disney and then spend maybe a day at Universal. I actually advised a friend the other day on an upcoming Universal trip where they're staying at Universal and said, maybe we'll go for a day to Disney. That's interesting. It's a change, although I haven't seen any projected 2023 numbers, but the recent, most recent numbers I saw of a full year theme park attendance, Disney's still 70% of the market share. Now that's in down in Orlando. in Orlando. Yeah. In Orlando. Yeah. That's down from 74, 75% from maybe five or six years ago, but it's also 70% of a bigger number than it mm-hmm. was five years ago. Right. And so the interpretation then is Disney attendance is relatively flat. Universal and SeaWorld attendance have grown. Right. More universal than SeaWorld. Um, but that's not Disney's goal, right? D- Disney doesn't want to release market share, even if their numbers are going up or staying flat. They want more people. But they did also come up with an angle a couple of years ago that said, we're okay if there's a few less people in the park, as long as you're all spending more per head. And they've definitely <laughs> yes. achieved that. Speaking of spending a lot, how about those Genie Plus prices over Christmas yeah. break? That was going to be my new story for. So Go Genie ahead. Plus Genie Plus used to be $15 per person per day. Right. And then they went dynamic pricing based on which park you were going to. Then as Park Hopper was coming back, they decided, hey, let's throw a price tag on that too, although it's generally equal to the Magic Kingdom price. Right. Which, by the way, that means if you're going to Magic Kingdom for the day, why not just buy the Park Hopper version just in case? Yeah. Um, unless you don't have Park Hopper tickets. But um, we saw during... Uh, Christmas week, you know, during that, that between Christmas and New Year's, $39 a day at the $39 Magic Kingdom. $39 a day. Now, for a family of four plus tax, you're out over $160 for the right to select attractions during the busiest week of the year, meaning there's less attractions to select. Yes. So, family of four, they're spending about $160 on Genie Plus per day. $160 plus per day. On Genie Plus. If you go to Magic, I think the cheapest that week was, uh, I think Animal Kingdom was 29 instead of 39. Right. So let's say you go to Animal Kingdom. That day it's going to be uh, $120 a day. $120 a day. On top of your tickets, on top of your room. That's a lot to ask of people. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like in the moment, and maybe that's what they're hoping for is impulse purchase. But in the moment, you're like, hey, I want to see attractions today. Uh, I got to get on something. Right. Um. 
people will spend it. But yeah, it was I got the numbers here. So it was 29 at Animal Kingdom, 32 yes. at Epcot, 35 at Hollywood Studios, and then 39 for either the multiple park or the Magic Kingdom version. Yes. And I saw people posting that on certain, at least on one particular day of that Christmas break, there were so many ride breakdowns. Yeah. That people spending the money on Genie Plus may not have been able to take advantage of it. No, it's 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 a fair criticism, and you know I grabbed some screenshots during that week. You know there was a a midday I grabbed seventy five minute wait at Haunted Mansion. The next Lightning Lane that was available was ten thirty at night. Yeah, so it was like roughly twelve hours later you right. could go ride Haunted Mansion. Small World had a sixty five minute wait, and its next Lightning Lane was seven twenty five in the in the evening. That's fascinating, right? Because Small World is usually close to a walk on, if not a walk on, yeah. and for that particular moment. Even that had a weight on Genie Plus that took you well into the evening. Yeah. Hmm. So it makes you wonder, you spend that $120 or $160 per person, or per family, I'm sorry, for the day. Do you do it so that you can kind of lock in that you're going to at least get on three rides, four rides maybe, that you can all but walk into versus standing 95 minutes to wait for Alien Saucer Spin? Okay, but now let's play this out. Let's say you go to the park on, I'm going to make up a date, December 29th, right? Park is packed. You go to Magic Kingdom. You have Genie Plus. You get there, you get on a Space Mountain Genie Plus reservation. It's so crowded and Genie Plus is so popular. Maybe the next ride you get on via Genie Plus is not until 2.30 in the afternoon. Right. And maybe it's one level down at Space Mountain. And then when you get on that, maybe the next one you get on is 9.30 at night or 10 o'clock at night. And you got to wait in lines the rest of the day. It's such, this is where the system is flawed. Now you could say, of course, that is not a normal week. And that's a fair point. But still, that is a lot to ask of people to spend. I bet there were some angry customers. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, how how could you not be? You you know, you go into, let's say, Hollywood Studios, right? You're going to book your first Genie Plus. It's going to be one of the headliners. Slinky, Mickey's Runaway Railway, maybe. Right. Whatever. And then by the time you get through that line, everyone else has made their first selection. And all of a sudden, you're either grabbing you know, Muppet Vision 3D for 1030 yes. in the morning. Right. Or your next attraction is probably two o'clock or later. So I, I think I've told the story on the show. But when I was at Hollywood Studios this past summer, I used Mickey's Railway for my first Genie Plus very early in the morning. And I tried then to make a Slinky Dog reservation and couldn't get it until 730 at night. That was summertime. Christmas break. <laughs> Yeah. You got a 4 a.m. reservation. You know what I mean? No, so if you didn't, if you weren't fortunate enough to get Slinky Dog as your first ride Christmas week, You're you weren't riding it. it. Right. You weren't getting it on Genie Plus. It sold out that fast. So those are the negative. I, I feel like in this show, there's some positives and negatives we've been focusing on with Disney. The good is, I mean, look, the Tiana's Bayou Adventure, I think, is going to be great. I can't wait to see what the Imagineers have done with that. I think it's going to be awesome. I have not yet seen the Moana walkthrough attraction. I know you have. And you really liked it. It was there's, good. There's stuff I want to see. I just, like you were saying earlier, I don't know if that's enough to get other people into the parks. I, I don't think it is. Um, my hunch is Disney is looking to have some baseline, and I hate to get businessy on you, but have some baseline revenue measure for second quarter, third quarter, because D- Disney's year end is September 30. So they're trying to maybe not play the game as much with, hey, can I get you to book on a rack rate? They want to make sure they have some butts in the seat, so to speak, and get those rooms filled 
right. and know where their, their baseline revenue is going to be. And they need to show some growth. And, and I think they need to make sure that they're full. Uh, so they're, they're probably conceding where their hotel rooms were going to end up being anyway. Right. And hopes that that budgets to extra spending for people per capita when they're in the, in the park. And it's worked in the past for them. I mean, during some of those years where they were rolling out free dining every summer, they were, they were clocking money. I mean, it was, it was hand over fist the way they were pulling in revenue. Joining us to talk about this is Bob. <laughs> well, Bob called me last week and, and right. wanted a little guidance. So uh, Josh Jamel, uh, not available. Not available. <laughs> um, Tomorrow is this tough one. Man. Like that guy doesn't get blamed for anything. It's unbelievable. No, he's uh, he's like, I can't even think of a comparison, but anyhow, He's Nick from Butter and Bacon. Of course, you know, a hero to so many. Dean, any other news stories? Um, I'm going to venture away, and, and this might even be my stuff we love recommendation. Uh, okay. This is Disney Plus. Uh, the new Percy Jackson series has yes. dropped. And I've only watched episode one, but I read all five books. Well, there's a sixth book now. I haven't read that yet, but I've read all five books. Um, and it was my, it probably still is my son's favorite series he ever read. And I enjoyed them. You know, it's much like a lot of adults read Harry Potter and people were saying, why are you reading a kid's book? Same thing can be said about Percy Jackson. I loved all the Greek gods and that kind of stuff growing up. So the characters were really up my alley, so to speak. But the storyline was great. The original two movies that were made maybe a little over a decade ago should be forgotten about. Yeah, Um, that's not what this is. These kids are much more age appropriate. And I've only watched episode one because I want to watch it with my son. That's all we had time for so far. Um, but I like the way they did it. And and most of the critical feedback I've read has been very positive. Yeah, it's getting a lot of attention. It's certainly been trending on social media. A lot of people like it. And uh, I will check it out. I'm not as, in, you know, I've not read the books, but nothing wrong with a good show. Yeah, the interesting thing is for where the storyline is going to go, the first episode is here. It's almost pre-story. Mm-hmm. It, the the rest of the series will not be like this first episode was. Right. The first episode had to get him to the camp, and that's not a spoiler. That's just the arc of the story. Um, and so that's really what the first episode focuses on. Now, what I read was this was, I don't know if it was day one or week one, the most watched show in Disney Plus history. I believe that. Yeah. So it had really, I think it was over 13 million people on day one. It was really, really strong numbers. They need a new uh, TV hit, I think, since The Mandalorian, yeah. the first season, when that when Disney Plus basically premiered. That was an opening day release, I believe. They have lacked, I think, the big, big hit. I mean, there's been other Star Wars shows which have been successful and Marvel shows, but they need something big. So that's good for them. I'm glad to see that. I think Disney Plus needs a boost. Yeah, and Um, if anybody read the books, Rick Riordan, the author, was involved in the script development for the show. So he was not involved in the other two movies that came out. So that's why you're going to find this to trend a lot more closely to the actual book story, which is great. Hence the reason the fans seem to be happier with the TV series than the movie. For sure. I'll give you another, since I guess we're doing stuff we love now, I'll give you a recommendation. (laughs) Did you see the movie, a documentary about Yogi Berra, It Ain't Over? It's on Netflix. No, I haven't seen that yet, but I did hear about it. You got to see it. It Ain't Over, it's called. Came out this year uh, about the life of Yogi Berra, basically, the great Hall of Famer. And without giving too much away, it focuses on his non-baseball life, which is fascinating. He was a hero at D-Day. Not many people know that about Yogi, but he was there. And in terms of his baseball career, it starts with the premise that in 2015, at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, 
they had the players who were voted on, I guess, by fans as the four greatest living players at that time. Hank Aaron, Johnny Bench, Sandy Koufax, Willie Mays. Yeah. And when you look at those players' statistics and you line them up against Yogi Berra's, not only is he competitive with them, in some respects, he may be even better than them. Ten World Series rings as a player, unheard of. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say the numbers because I'll be wrong about it, but a shockingly low number of strikeouts. Yes, and, and very high batting home average. Run, home run to strikeout ratio. It normally p- players that hit home runs like Yogi did usually struck out way more in a season than he did. And one season, I think he had maybe 12 strikeouts the entire year, which is unheard of. Um, yeah, his his hitting stats are off the charts, especially at the catcher position. Right. That's right. Derek Jeter was interviewed and told a story about how once he was in a slump and he said to Yogi, what should I do? And Yogi said, see the ball and hit it. (laughs) And they said that he had a way of simplifying things to a much easier way of understanding, but it made sense. Just like all of his Yogiisms, those lines that he was famous for. They don't make sense. And yet they do make sense. I want to watch that. And I want to get to his museum. Uh, Yes. So Dean, you said you want to go to his museum. Yogi has a great baseball museum and learning center on the campus of Montclair State University in Montclair, New Jersey, where he lived for many years. Um, He was a great player. You would love it. I mean, I really want you to see it so we could talk about it. Yeah, no, he's one of the most underrated players in baseball history. I don't don't think he gets enough credit. He played with so many, like, borderline, if not completely, Mount Rushmore type players. Right. That he doesn't get the, the... level of, of recognition that he probably should in the film i'm not giving anything away but they talked about how as a yankee he was a bridge from the classic old-time yankees and there's a, they show a photo of him with babe ruth to a photo of him with joe De, joe dimaggio mickey man managing the yankees reggie jackson billy martin working with Derek jeter yeah i mean that is fascinating if you take a moment and you think that a guy who met babe ruth while he was on the yankees well yogi was a young yankee Babe Ruth was retired at the time, was advising Derek Jeter. That is fascinating. It's a nice connection. Nice That's connection. 100, 100 years of history right there. Crazy. Just crazy. But I, I saw that and love that. And I'm watching a new show on Netflix, which I also like, completely different type of thing, but called Me and the Walter Boys. Have you seen this advertised on Netflix? No, I haven't. It's kind of a young adult show about a girl who lives in New York whose family is killed in an accident. She She's alive, and she gets sent to live with the guardians that her parents named, who is uh, it was a family friend who lived in Colorado in a farm, basically, and her life being upended and trying to get settled into this new town in Colorado for her. Very good show, well done, good script. So I've been watching that and enjoying that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with the writer's strike over and everything kind of unfolding again, what sort of inundation we'll have of new shows across all the platforms. Like Steamboat. <laughs> like, Steam- <laughs> like Steamboat Willie Open Source. Yeah. Uh, so catch up on anything that, you know, it's been in the backlog because I, I do feel like there's going to be a big spring release of new stuff coming out. Yes, I, uh, it's going to be. Uh, there's so much to see. There really is so much to see. Have you seen the new Indiana Jones on Disney Plus? No. Will you? No. That that franchise should have ended after movie two. How's that for a hot take? Yep. How's that that for a hot hot take? take. What about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with Sean Connery? Yeah. What? C plus at best. (laughs) The first two 
the first two set the bar so high that that, that was never going to succeed in my eyes. Junior. I've <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I left you speechless. You're flabbergasted right I'm now. I'm totally stunned because I could see if you said, well, that was not as good as the first two, but you're the only person I think I've ever talked to <laughs> to outright say that the film was a C plus at best. You could sneak in the third one if you want, but I didn't need Crystal Skull and I don't need the new one. Okay. Um, Rocky should have ended after two movies also. Which one? Rocky. Rocky. I I can live with four and and I suffered through three. And then the Creed movies are actually good. But uh, yeah, Rocky could have ended after two. I would have been all right with that. You could also say the same thing about every Disney movie in history. It should have ended after one. (laughs) You didn't like okay. Lion King one and a half? <laughs> That's right. Um, by the way, I have seen Cinderella too. I've seen Cinderella three as well. <laughs> that's Cinderella celebration. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, Dean, let me ask you some other questions since we're just kind of uh, this was what I intended for the show tonight to be random stuff. Have you been listening to any music that has caught your eye? Did you listen to any holiday music, anything like that? I uh, I, I had an interesting discussion over the holiday season about recent pop star um christmas carol attempts okay and uh, the recent was defined that mariah carey set the standard right so fair anything that's come out in the last i don't know pick pick your time frame 40 years um mariah carey's is the best and uh it, it was determined that kelly clarkson's is better than taylor swift's we, we like underneath the tree more than christmas tree farm all right listen um and those were the top three. We couldn't come up with another one that would qualify. I mean, I guess you could get into Last Christmas by Wham, but I was kind of excluding that as being older and okay, not, listen, not part of the discussion. I won't I won't disagree with that because I like Underneath the Tree. I think it's a very good song. Well, and, and to be fair, all three songs are very good. They're all yes. well-respected among the conversation we're having. Yes. It was just, you know... and. Maybe it's my math background, but the the the, the need to rank everything uh, just comes up maybe at, at year end, much like I mentioned off the top of the show. And so we're trying to rank these pop songs, and uh, that was so. That wait, was the you ranking. said it was three. It was Christmas Tree Farm, Underneath the Tree. What was the third? Uh, the the top one is Mariah Carey's. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So all be, I want it, for Christmas is, is all I want for Christmas is new episodes of stuff right. with a podcast. You know, right. As, she's, <laughs> as the true. original lyrics that she wrote. And you requested, and here it is. <laughs> but um my only complaint with underneath the tree is sometimes when i hear it it seems chaotic to me it's like too fast paced it's like there is a, it's a busy song it's a busy song it's a now, very busy song early when she, on in her career taylor released an ep of five christmas songs some of which were covers and i think two of which or one of which was an original it's okay but christmas tree farm to me is the best christmas thing she's done and there is an orchestral ver- orchestral version of that available on music streaming services everywhere, which I happen to love. It's got basically an orchestra backing her up. I think that is my personal favorite. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, so I like that. But I do, like I said, I like Underneath the Tree. It's not a bad choice at all. Um, Yeah, no, we're we're arguing three great songs, right? right. um, And that was the debate. I think everybody conceded Mariah Carey had the best of the three and the other two were for debate. And I can't think if I'm missing some. I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Well, I mean, if you if you start with, I guess it's less than forty years. But if you if you look at all I want for Christmas is you, and you start if that's your starting point, I don't yeah. think there's been anything else since that time other than underneath the tree. And honestly, Christmas Tree Farm was a hit because it's Taylor. But 
Yeah. I don't think it's as much airplay as underneath the tree. Yeah. If you go back that. to the eighties, then you have the entrance of Wham Last Christmas, which is a great song. It is a great song, yeah. And and it gets much maligned for some reason. A lot of people like they want to hear it that one time for the start of the season and then they don't right. want it to play again. Yes. And I'm taking away all the covers because there's you know every pop group, rock group, alternate group. I mean, even uh who did I hear? I heard I think it was um Fallout Boy did a cover of uh of Wham's song. It's like right. I don't think I needed to hear that. Right. Um but yeah, the genuine original music. Again, there I think those are songs that you could say pick your favorite time frame 15 20 30 years from now right. we'll still be playing i agree uh, i think my favorite factoid in music though was that brenda lee topped the charts again this year right like literally was number one on the pop charts uh with with her song it's like 60 years later and how old yeah i wonder how old she is now she's got to be in her 90s so she's definitely into her 80s um she actually came out they did the uh the rockefeller center tree lighting show yes and uh, I think she was part of that. So this is amazing. She's 79 years old. Okay. so she's Younger than I thought. 80. She was born December 11th, 1944. I think she recorded that song. Let me see. How old was Brenda Lee? Yeah, she had to be pretty young when she recorded that. You ready for this? She was 13. Wow. 13-year-old Brenda Lee. That's a chord. Well, granted, that's TikTok. So take it for what it's worth. Oh, so but- <laughs> Plus or um, minus 11 years. <laughs> but uh, I do believe that is correct. Age 13. Lee recorded the song when she was just 13 years old, and that's from uh, public broadcasting television. So that I'll take that as a source. Yeah, that, that uh, and this goes back obviously to November now, but the, the Rockefeller Center tree lighting, the concert that went along with that was actually much better than this year than in some of the past years. It was very good. Yes, I like that. Um, you know, it's always weird when the new year begins because – there's so much holiday stuff that's gone on between Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And then it kind of just comes to a halt in a way. Although I do think I've seen some January gift exchanges. I have some myself, actually. And I think that's because so many people got sick at the end of the year that people couldn't yeah, get exactly. together for gift exchanges. But it's uh, January is kind of a dull month. Well, in 39 days, the sun will start setting again at 7 p.m. So uh, it's not that far off. You know, we can get to mid-February. You start to get because partly because we don't adjust the clocks back right away. Um, but you'll start to get at least a little bit more sunlight in your day. Because I know, you know, even just a couple of weeks ago, the sun was going down before 4.30. Yes. That, that, that makes for a rough evening. It just starts to feel like nighttime when it's dinner time. What will symbolize spring for you more? The sun staying out later or Shohei Otani arriving to camp uh, in a Dodgers jersey? I'm a baseball junkie, so it is right. all about baseball. It, it'll be uh, it'll be Shane Bieber arriving to Yankees camp in pinstripes. Yankees uh, going to have an interesting season. They can't, can't get much worse than last season, although they did have a winning record, which people forget about, but it's not like the Yankees of old. They need to go get another pitcher, and I'll be happy. Yes, they do. And another relief pitcher. If they don't, they'll be throwing drinks like David Tepper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dean, anything else you want to talk about tonight before we go to wrap-up mode? No, but this was a a lot of fun. Uh, Fun to look back a little bit to last year. Excited to think about the prospects for this year. And who knows, maybe there'll be an opportunity to have a overlapping, if not combined, vacation somewhere. I would love that. I really would love that. Could be Hershey, could be Disney. Uh, Yeah, Dean, no, that sounds great. It's something to definitely plan for this year 
And uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I really wanted to get an episode out. I was thinking of our listeners who uh, were yearning for new episodes. And yet I just was so busy at the end of the year. So hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. And I wish you all, and speaking for Dean, of course, as well, we wish you all a happy and healthy new year. And with that, Dean, want to give us plugs? Uh, you can follow me on X, formerly Twitter, uh, at CT Mickey Man. I'm on Blue Sky, sort of. I have an account there, I guess. I'm Disney right. Dean, but I don't do much there. Um, but uh, I wanted to say again, Scott, thank you for letting me do the intro, but I'll let you take care of the outro. Got it. Sounds good. So um, like Dean, I'm also on Blue Sky. I think it's scottyboy4.social.com or whatever it is. I'm on X, scottyboy4. The Stuff We Love podcast is on X and Blue Sky at Stuff We Love podcast. We're on Instagram at Stuff We Love pod. We have a YouTube channel. We have a TikTok at Stuff We Love Podcast. Our email is stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. And our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. And feel free to catch up on those prior episodes as we begin a new year of shows here on the Stuff We Love Podcast. And uh, feel free to write in and tell us if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about. We'll be covering more Disney news and Universal news. We'll be talking about movies, music, sports, and more. And before you know it, of course, Halloween and holiday festivities in 2024, which is hard to believe, but the years go by quickly. And it's kind of like a farmer's almanac type wrap up. We've even gotten a Valentine's Day and you're plugging Halloween Horror Nights already. That's true. (laughs) On the next episode, we'll be talking about Valentine's Day and the upcoming Christmas holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. And I'm Dean. And this has been the first episode of 2024 for the Stuff We Love podcast.